So I'm like, okay, you kind of don't want to do this. So I'm going to let you go. Um, all the best to you Saturday night. And you go do your thing and bye. Oh. And my phone buzzes and Charles Barkley texts me and he said, that interview was horrible. <laughs> Today's guest, man, I'm so excited to have this guy uh, on the show today because he means so much to me and my journey through 14 years at ESPN. Jay Harris, who we call Uncle Jay. <laughs> get the tears going. Yeah, man. you get better the tears get the tears going. going. We call Jay Harris uh, <laughs> ESPN Sports Center anchor. Uh, we call Jay Harris Uncle Jay. And it's for a reason, because it doesn't matter who you are. When you come into ESPN as an analyst or another anchor or just someone who's working on digital or whatever, Jay's going to invite you over to the house, introduce you to the family. You're going to have dinner. I mean, he's just he's always been that dude. And, and uh, Jay, welcome to the show, man. Uh, I've been well, again, I've been waiting on waiting to have you on. And again, going back to our, our show, the Darren Woodson show, is we always talk about the journey. Okay. And, and I know you and I have had so many conversations that over lunch, dinner. Things uh, we couldn't put on television. Things we could not put on TV <laughs> in the green room. That's right. But you're, you've been an integral part of at, at ESPN as a sports center anchor for years. Can you give us a little background, just a little brief, a brief background of, of your childhood? Growing up, did you always want to be a sports center anchor? Heck no. I didn't even have cable, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what did you want no. to be? No, I lived, I lived, we, we lived in the, well, my mother still lives there. I lived in the country, man. I grew up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Mm. And cable didn't come up our road. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So we had, yeah. we had, we had four channels. That was it. I didn't, I didn't watch ESPN until I went over to my buddy Mike's house because his, he's, his family had cable. And um, we were really into music. He, he's my my drummer in my band from high school. Yeah. So we used to watch a lot of a lot of Prince videos on MTV. <sighs> Who was Prince? You or or? No, Mike? no, we weren't no OC. We Come on now. We weren't Prince. Someone had a curl. Somebody had a curl. <laughs> we both do the dance move. <laughs> yeah. Someone was wearing pumps yeah, and had Vel- a curl. Velvet, Velvet, Velvet jacket, the Velvet, Velvet jacket. jacket. <laughs> the frills hanging out the front. <laughs> What kind of podcast is this again? Uh, it's called Darren Late Night. <laughs> no, I am. Um, I my aunt tells me that I told her when I was, oh God, um, ten or eleven that I was going to be on TV. I don't remember telling her that, but I, I I believe she wouldn't lie to me. So I guess for the longest, I knew I wanted to be on television. In what capacity, I had no idea. So, so uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was to say. So was I mean? Was it just you really enjoyed performing for people? Like, was it you know some like my kids love the attention, right? They love getting up in front of the family and doing stuff. Was that something that just drew, or you just the you mentioned like you didn't get many channels? So is it just no. what you saw? Like well, I wanted to emulate that, or well, I was always outgoing. I was always that guy in school, um, a borderline class clown. Sometime, although I, my grades were really good, so. I could balance it. But I just, I enjoyed watching television. I enjoyed sitcoms, um, the music, the writing, just the acting. I just enjoyed uh, consuming television, uh, watching the news, watching the sports. So uh, maybe that's why I gravitated towards it. Right. I just enjoyed watching it. Brothers and sisters? How I many did you have brothers and sisters growing up? Two younger brothers. Okay. I'm the oldest. Okay. Okay. So, so North Carolina, go through, go through school. Like you said, you were, you know, you did really well academically, um, mm-hmm. outgoing, but at what point did you make that decision? Okay. Hey, the direction I want to go is, is here. And when I was in the 11th grade, I took one of those, um, career aptitude tests and I scored well in the area of interpersonal skills and looked at the, the, the occupations underneath it. And I think the third one down was journalist. Mm-hmm. So I said, Oh, Okay, that's what I'll do. Uh, at the at the time, I was on the yearbook staff, and I liked writing. I really enjoyed my English class, and um, I was I could I could talk. So I said, "I'll I, that's what I'll do." And I and I went to Old Dominion, and I graduated in communications, and I had tunnel vision since that day in the eleventh grade. I don't know what else I would be doing. 
well, other uh, than maybe playing bass in a band and starving. Hold up. You said from that test, that's what yeah. determined? I didn't know those yeah. tests actually meant anything or did anything. That's, that's pretty amazing that that test was kind of your defining moment. Yeah, I mean, I figured it read me that well. Uh, it, it captured all my skills and said, yeah, this is, this is me. So I'll just look at the jobs that you have suggested, and journalists seem to be a fit. Right. But you did more than that. I mean, you played uh, sports growing up as well, well no, right? See, I did. I played a lot of sports growing up. I, was, I, was, I played football until the guys got bigger than me, and I won't play football anymore. I <laughs> uh, always played basketball, and I was never good at baseball. Um, but I, in junior high and high school, I was on the school teams, didn't get much playing time, mm. but I was on the team. So, but it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to talk about sports. Although I fashioned my first goal to have a uh, Brett Musburger's job at CBS sports back in the day, mm. but, but sports didn't. And I got to tell him that at a, at a big old company meeting years ago when he was working with us at ESPN and ABC. Uh, and that was kind of cool. Um, but it didn't. I just I, once I got out of school, I was just trying to get a job. Mm-hmm. So and and it happened that news opened up first, and that's that's where I started. Right. Yeah, and so describe the difference between. Yeah, I think as people think of uh, you know ESPN anchors, analysts, um, you don't necessarily associate journalism, right? And most of most of the professionals outside of the athletes and analysts that come on have a, a formal journalism education, which is a lot of writing, article writing. Um, you think a lot of people, and I know me as I watch this, like, oh, they just go up and talk about sports, but the background. So talk about that process going through college um, and, and going to school for journalism and, and you know, then getting into news and how that shaped your career later on getting into ESPN and sports. Well, once through college, I mean, you, you learn all the, the, academic nuts and bolts, you, you know, the, the, the speech class and the intro to writing and the news writing and the ethics and this and that and all the stuff that you get from the book. My last semester, I had a television uh, practicum over at Hampton University because Old Dominion didn't have a television studio at that time. So I went over to Hampton and worked on their student television show. And we actually, we, we had cameras, we went out, we shot packages, we did interviews, we wrote our stories, we, we, edited them together. We, we put it, we put it in the uh, computer. We threw everything to the teleprompter and we actually did a new show, a student run new show. So that's where I, I learned it. Wow. This is, this is really work, but it's really fun. It's what I want to do. So yeah, you, you learn that it, the, the backbone is journalism. The backbone is, is, is writing and, and telling a story and asking good questions yeah. and, and interviewing. And I, I tell young folks all the time, I, I can put a microphone in your hand and, and, and dress you up and put makeup on you and teach you how to look the part. But if you can't go out and get a story for me, if you mm-hmm. can't write something, if you can't ask somebody a good question, I mean, I don't need your goodbye. Right. And, you know, that's one of the first things I noticed. Actually, was the first thing I noticed when I took the job at ESPN was being in that old newsroom and watching the best of the best on SportsCenter write their own material. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, for hours. So the show would start, let's say you were on a 6 p.m. show, Jay. Mm-hmm. Your day would start at what, 10, 9, 11? What, what time did you show up? Because you guys started writing. Yeah, back. yeah, back then. It was, what time was Early. it? Yeah, it's, it's noon now, so they eased up a bit. But it's, it was 1030 when I was yeah. there. So we would meet for, I don't know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And then the producer would throw all the ideas into the computer and assign stories. And we would write. Yeah, we were lead-ins, voiceovers. We would pre-tape interviews. We would, uh, and it would change throughout the day. The six o'clock show was a heck of an animal because I've done shows where we would write the entire show, have everything ready to go. Five forty-five, Brett Favre announces he's coming back to football, and we just do it. We have a whole new show. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Brett. Brett did that like seventeen times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had a pre-written script ready for him. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we had a dummy script in the, in the computer, Brett Favre, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so go back, Jay. I mean, do you remember the first time you were on TV? You held the, the mic. The first time I was on television? Yeah. Uh, real TV, like commercial TV? 
Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. All right. Yeah. I, okay. Okay. I remember the first time I was on television. Here's the first time I was on television. I was an intern at Wavy TV 10, the NBC affiliate in Portsmouth, Virginia, when I was in college. And I set my VCR to record VCR. I'm old. Oh, man. VCR. There you are. To, yeah, shut we up. All did, <laughs> we all did it. We all did it. <laughs> I set the VCR to record the 11 p.m. news because they always did live shots from the newsroom. So they started this show, and the reporter was sitting in the middle of the newsroom on television doing the live shot. So I casually walked behind him and then went home and watched myself walk behind him. (laughs) That was a thrill, though. Yeah, that was the moment. That was the moment. That was the first time. I was on television. Now, I think the first time I was on television actually doing something was in Pittsburgh when I had a part-time gig. I had gone to Pittsburgh to do radio, radio news, and I got a part-time gig doing updates at the NBC affiliate, top of the bottom of the hour, WPXI Channel 11 was your 24-hour news source. So we, we would give you headlines and little stories at the top of the bottom of the hour for about a minute. So I did that every other weekend overnights. So that was my first time being on television. And it was exhausting in the beginning because you just get so, and you might remember this from the first time you were, now maybe not the first time you're on television, the first time you stepped out on a, on a professional football field, you're like, oh my God, and everything's going so, so fast. fast. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And then you get real tired. You don't know, you didn't do yeah. <laughs> So and, and that was the experience. So it took a, it took reps to calm myself down and go, oh, it's not that bad. Mm. As a matter of fact, I'm in control. The light up there is not in control. So you can do this. I'm curious because you play these these situations in your head when your dream finally comes, quote unquote, dream finally comes true and you play it out to be it, it works out perfectly. How did the how did the reality compare to what you played it up in your head that first time on TV? Um. It was kind of muted, to be honest with you, because I had been doing radio for so long. Mm-hmm. So that part of being out there, mm-hmm. I, I, that part of me was already calmed down. So this was just another facet of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd been in Pittsburgh. We'd been in Pittsburgh for maybe two years. So other than it wasn't so much being out there. It was people picking on me because they could see me on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. uh, my friends, friends like, man, you need a haircut or <laughs> like, so- like I do now. <laughs> or the one time I was on television and I, I got to the end of my, my thing and I said, uh, stay tuned, blah, 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 on your 24 hour news source. And my IFB popped out of my ear like mm. that. And that's all anyone could remember for the next three days. I just got joked because my IFB popped out of my ear. Right. No one cared what I said. It didn't matter. It was my IFB came out of my uh, head. Yeah. Well, you got over that. I mean, all the criticism or even if that was criticism, but, you know, the, the attention that you're getting and the criticisms that were coming with it, you just got over that. It wasn't that to you. It wasn't that big of a deal. And I, and I want to say that because of this. I can remember, Jay, my first day at ESPN. I, I and I, shoot, it took just me the forever. Jerry Rice story. No, Jerry Rice story, the yeah. whole nine. But I was petrified getting up there in front of the TV, getting get up there in front of the camera, mm-hmm. because I had zero background outside of being interviewed at, in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And I can remember going through this process, and I don't I don't know what I said, how I said it. It was I was just numb. I knew I was terrible, <laughs> but. Through my time at ESPN, what's the one thing? And I'll tell you what he always said because he'll, he'll remember it. But I'll, he's always say, slow down. Yeah. Like, breathe. Especially when I was early on. Like, just breathe. Because I would just talk. Well, Jerry Rice, and he did this, and he did that. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, dude, just, we're, we're at the bar, and we're having a conversation. Mm. Yeah. Just breathe. So, does someone along the lines give you any coaching when you first started off, was there someone that mentored you through this process? I had many mentors through the process. Uh, it would depend on where I was from, from early in radio to local TV in, in Pittsburgh to ESPN. 
So it, it just it just varied at different times. The better I could be to someone like you who is just starting out, because I remembered those days when I was a deer in the headlights and I wouldn't blink and I would talk faster than the speed of sound. So you just I could relate to you. So I knew what to tell you. I, I knew what you needed to do. Yeah. And I, I think I told you, I know I tell folks, like, forget the camera. There yeah. is no camera. Just talk to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the they, time. They'll be there. Yeah. They're there. Fine. Forget about them. Just we just talk to me. Yeah, yeah. that was easy to say, Jay, when there's 18 people walking around. <laughs> <laughs> they, and the dudes in your ear telling you. radiated off rah, rah. of the stage lights yeah. and just beaming yeah. down on you. <laughs> So, Jay, uh, so you mentioned you were in Pittsburgh for a couple years, got onto TV. But what was that transition to ESPN? I mean, was that like the ultimate goal, like as you got mm-hmm. into journalism and news? No. Or it, no. it was it just something that happened? I mean, how, no, how was that process to get to ESPN? All right. Here's the story. I'm going to give you the whole story. It's a little lengthy. I'll try to edit it in spots. No need to edit. So, we're not on a time frame. Oh, perfect. Yeah, Jay. Yeah, the show is, this is, you know, we're on your corner. We're not on SportsCenter right now. (laughs) The TV. Exactly. No, there's no TV here. Okay, so here goes. I I was at the end of my, I'd worked my way up from temporary weekend reporter to general assignment reporter, then weekend anchor, then main anchor for three years. And at the end of my contract, um, I put a tape together and uh, sent it to a friend of mine. His name is Fred Brown. Fred Brown worked in the uh, talent negotiations department at ESPN. I knew Fred Brown when he was VP at uh, Sheridan Broadcasting Network, American Urban Radio Networks in Pittsburgh, where I worked. So we were buddies. Put together a tape, sent it to him to critique it for me because I wanted I wanted his honest opinion because we were going to send out tapes. Um, and unbeknownst to me, Fred showed my news tape to some folks at ESPN. And then he called me up and he said, hey, man, I got your tape. And my, my people up here liked it. They wanted to bring you up for, for an audition. And I was like, you're, who, what people? He said, up here at ESPN. I said, man, I, I, I'm, I do news. I don't, I don't do sports. I said, well, they liked your tape. They wanted to bring you up for an audition. So I, I, guess, I guess I was talking loudly on the phone, and my wife was somewhere over there. And she's like, why don't you just go? You watch, you watch ESPN all the time anyway. Just go do the audition. So. Is that her in the background? Is she in the background? No, she, no she's, over, she's in the kitchen. She can't hear me. So, but so I said, okay, fine. Well, I'll go and do the audition. And I didn't know, but they were bringing in five guys to fill one spot. And I was the third person that they saw. So I went in and met my producer, and she did the same thing that, that will come to be habit. They filled out the rundown, and I wrote everything and gave me a highlight. And I'd never done a highlight before. I mean, I watched people do highlights, but I'd never done one. So I just kind of had fun with it. And it was a Dallas Mavericks highlight, and Dirk mm. Nowitzki almost got into a fight with somebody. And I was kind of pantomiming the fight, and Dirk got into his face, and he said this, and he said that, and he said, your mama. Oh, God, why are you talking about his mama? <laughs> <laughs> and whatever I did, they liked it. So I got off the set and and interviewed with what felt like 17 or 18 people that day and then went back to Pittsburgh, thinking nothing of it. And Fred called me. I think it was the next day. He said, hey, man, uh, congratulations. I don't know exactly what you did, but they really like you and they want to hire you. Mm. So hire me for what? He said to, you know, come to ESPN. I said, Fred, I appreciate it, but I'm, I don't want to work at ESPN because, I mean, I'm, I'm on the news thing, man. I'm like the Today Show or Good Morning America. That's, that's where I, my head mm. was at. So mm. I, I appreciate the interest, but I, I, I don't want to work at ESPN. No problem. I get it. I understand. If there's anything I can do for you, give me a holler. Cool. Hang up the phone. Next day. Hey, man, they really want to hire you. It's like, seriously? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, tell me about the job. All right. Nights and weekends, um, ESPN News, uh, no mention of Sports Center. And I wasn't thinking about Sports Center anyway because I didn't want to go. Then um, I said, well, Fred, how much, how much does it pay? And he gave me the range. And I said, well, I'm, I, you know, I'm in that range now, Fred. I kind of, I fudged it a little bit. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm in that range now. 
now, and you know, oh, so I told Fred, I said, the boy Bryce, he's he's three, and I don't know if I don't want to move him, and and my wife's dad was in the military, and I don't feel like moving him from here and there, and plus, you know, it's cold in Connecticut, like like Pittsburgh is not cold. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I gave him all these excuses, and he's like, I get it, totally understand. If there's anything I can do for you, give me a holler. Now. I guess that nosy woman must have been listening again because unbeknownst to me. <laughs> Who's the nosy woman, man? Introduce her. Stephanie Harris, my wife. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, unbeknownst to me, this, this is a phone call she had. Hello, Fred. Yes, yeah, Steph. Hey, is this a really good opportunity for Jay? Yeah, I think it is. Okay, he'll be there. Thank you, Fred. <laughs> forth and back and forth and I talked to my agent and I said he said why don't we just throw a number at him and see what happens so we said okay we threw a number at him that was a little out of their range they didn't meet it but they got close and we were like oh maybe we should maybe we should at least consider this because it was never about the money I didn't want to go but we should at least talk about this now so we went back and forth and back and forth and Fred said I need a decision by tomorrow afternoon because they want to make an announcement one way or another Okay, tell him we're going to come to ESPN. My agent's like, are you sure? I said, yes, tell him we're going to come. So I call Fred. We're good. We're going to Bristol. Go to bed that night. Wake up the next morning. I'm not going. <laughs> I don't want to go. And when I tell the story, I tell the story to kids. And like, so I say, I don't want to go. And y'all, all y'all, all, all y'all married? Yep. Yes. Yep. Okay. So you, you know when you about to do something stupid, but you don't know it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. But your wife knows what you about to do is real stupid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she gives you that look like this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's every day for me. Uh, <laughs> so she got up and took out the piece of paper and the legal pad and the line down the middle and the pros and cons and the Disney benefits alone made it the best decision that she ever made because I'd have messed it up. <laughs> yeah. and, and 17 years later, we're still here at ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut with our Disney discount. And it's great. That's Man, awesome. That's, what a that's story. Awesome. And it's, it, I think all of us have you know points in our story journey where our wives made the decision for us. Oh, yeah. And we look back and we're like, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you know, what's funny about hearing you and you say this, we, we talked about this earlier. When I was growing up, Sports Center was it. I did, I'm like you, I didn't have cable either. And so when I would go to a family member's house or friend's house, like the only thing I wanted to do was watch Sports Center. And so mm-hmm. it's funny hearing you say that ESPN wasn't really on your radar. You had bigger goals, different dreams. How big was ESPN at that in the early 2000s at oh, that time? It was time? huge. Yeah, that was. It, was. it was huge. I mean, she was right. I watched it all the time. As a matter of fact, we just found an old uh, tape of, of, of the boy when he was uh, maybe two months old. And he was laying on the bed, and I took, I took my – I play bass. And I took my bass, and I put it over him. He was playing the bass, and I was all excited. And there's another part of the tape where he's just sitting there watching television, and he's watching SportsCenter, and I'm so proud. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I did. I watched it all the time. I just never thought about working there. Yeah. Interesting. That's I remember playing. You know how I remember Sports Center. This is how I can truly remember Sports Center. It was when I was playing with the Cowboys, and we had a coach that said, "Look, um, when you're covering certain people, and he was naming Jerry Rice, he says, please don't allow him to make you a Sports Center highlight, right?" Ah! <laughs> you don't want to be on that side. So I'm going to tell you this, Jay, and we're going to go back to the story. So we would be in games. A guy named James Washington, who was a safety of mine, that, that, that was uh, a veteran safety. Mm-hmm. He was getting beat on a play. The ball went, the guy ran a route, the guy catches the ball, and James is trailing him. And James runs out of the picture. Like. <laughs> Like, I'm serious. Like, I know where dude's this is going. running, and he runs out. We're watching film like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, dude, I ain't going to be a sports center highlight. That ain't on me. 
That, <laughs> hey, and that technique with DBs is alive and well oh, today. Still that is yes, still. Right. And coaches be like, hey, if you're not going to get them, just run out. Yeah, just run just out run of the scene. Don't be that guy. <laughs> and, and as a kid, anytime you make a, 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 a play that's way outside your mind, the first thing you think of is da 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 da. I mean, right. you're, you're thinking yeah. ESPN, you're thinking Sports Center every single time. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I've told this story on the show before. I got a good buddy uh, from Fresno who played in Chicago. And he was the originator of getting mossed. And so, like, he was on the other side of getting mossed the first time mm-hmm. in the, uh, in the uh, early 2000s. Oh, and it was like, I mean, that's what he's known for now. Yeah. Because it, you guys played it over and over and over <laughs> and over and over. <laughs> so, all right. So, you're, you're at ESPN. Uh, you're anchoring. You started on ESPN News, or was it right into SportsCenter? No, it's already on ESPN okay. News. I got my first Sports Center about three months in. Okay, all right. I thought it was a mistake. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> Still oh, holding on to the news thing? Well, yeah, because you know, I'm this. I didn't have a you know giant big sports anchor background, and I was still getting my feet under me, trying to learn. I was always a fan, and I knew some stuff. But I wasn't. I'm still not an encyclopedia. I just don't remember all the stuff that a lot of my colleagues do. Um, so it was on my schedule, and I, I walk into the schedule's office, and I said, "Hey, um, I said Sports Center on Saturday morning. I think y'all made a mistake because I just I just do ESPN News. <sighs> no, no, no mistake. You've earned it. Wow, really? Uh-huh. Okay." So there was no warning. There was no conversation. It was just, hey, you're on no, the list. Go, go get it. Yeah. How, okay. di- how different is preparation for Sports Center as it was for ESPN News? Dude, if you can do ESPN News, <laughs> you can do anything. <laughs> I was just going to say that, man. Sports Center compared to news, Sports Center is a piece of cake. Wow. <laughs> compared to news. Man, you get on ES, you get on ESPN News, man. I miss ESPN News because it was great. No, hey, wait a minute, Joe. Jay, describe ESPN News when you first got there because it was like in this little small studio in the newsroom. In the newsroom, yes. Yeah. Describe it for us. Bill Pito used to call it the box. Yeah, like go get in the box, and you would box. stay in the box for like three hours because shows were long. Yeah. Yes. And. Like on like on a Sunday afternoon show, we couldn't show highlights, so we'd have to update scores with graphics and and research numbers and and be creative. and And it was just it was a it was a lot of thinking on your feet. It was a lot of ad libbing. It was a whole lot of breaking news. It was just a lot of fast, quick pace. Everything here we go. But go, do you go, think go. the radio helped you in that aspect? Having a, a radio background and always having to feel, do you think that helped you in news? Probably. Yeah. yeah, probably because I was I was comfortable, but then I but then I had to learn the whole new ESPN vernacular, and you know it was easy. For twelve years, I talked uh, Pittsburgh stuff, and you know I could do it off the top of my head. And then I have to learn the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, and mm. I'm like, I, I know the Pirates. Right? <laughs> <laughs> can, can we talk about the Pirates, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you you know you have to learn all that stuff, and I and on that. I remember having this conversation with Pam Ward in the makeup room. Mm. Cause I'm like, Pam, I watch you and you just know everything. How do you know everything? She's like, it's just, it becomes kind of osmosis. You need to go through each season at least once and you'll come back around to it and it'll be familiar to you. The name, some of the faces will still be there and you'll just, you'll just remember. And then you'll do your research and you'll read and you'll, you'll get it. But it just, it just takes time. You'll be fine. And, and she was right. I just think of the overwhelming amount of information it takes to know football, basketball, mm-hmm. baseball, hockey, all of these different sports, the rules associated with it, the nuances. And I know that like if there's a certain situation, you can you know refresh yourself right before. But that's mm-hmm. a lot of information. And then you think about the amount of players that you've got to cover. I mean, that's a lot of information Mm -hmm. and that's almost, you know, we've talked about, you know, paralysis by analysis and and you just, Mm -hmm. there's so much, it's like, where do I even start? So that's, that's really insightful. Just, okay, we just got to live through it. You got to, you got to experience an entire season of each, but I mean, you, you said you're a fan of sports, but Mm -hmm. I mean, now it's like, okay, I got to go home and I got to watch sports and I got to actually study all of these athletes and these games and to know so that I can speak to it. I mean, how much time is that over your first year before you really started to get comfortable? 
Uh, it took about a year, and I leaned a lot, and I still do, on our, our researchers and mm. our production assistants because they watch a lot more than I can. Because, uh, I, you know, when I go home, I, I have a honeydew list and, you know, we got kids <laughs> and stuff right. and homework. And I, I can't I can't sit there for four hours <laughs> and just watch everything. I will get yelled at. Right. Out of house. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I try to I try to, you know, you read, you go on ESPN dot com and and you you watch other shows. And before your show, you watch the show that's preceding you. You kind of uh, you kind of refresh yourself. Mm. So it's, it's constant updating. Um, but it's, it's fun updating because, you know, it's something that you would be doing for free anyway. Yeah. So what is the sport that you like covering the most? And then the sport that is the hardest for you to really engage with? I don't know if there's anything that's really hard to engage with. Uh, soccer is probably the closest to that because okay. I've never really been a, a huge soccer fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like watching the World Cup, and my son uh, watches. He likes soccer a lot, so he will educate me on a lot of things. And uh, but maybe that, but the other ones like basketball. Heck, I was all in football, um, baseball. I enjoy, but the season is just so oh, brutal. It is brutal. <laughs> oh my god, I don't know how you do it. And how Man. much color can you add? All right, this guy's batting two sixty seven, and he hit a single. <laughs> The last guy hit a single to right center field. Now it was left center field on this one. I mean, there's so many games. It's the same thing over and over. I, I get that. I, t- yeah, I totally yeah. do. But you know the one, and I think and Pittsburgh helped me with this because I watched him win two Stanley Cups. Watching hockey, mm-hmm. I, love, I love hockey. Wow. Playoff, playoff hockey? Playoff hockey is the best. Go ahead, bring it. Yeah, you know what I'm about to say. You know, I, know, first I know where Darren's going with ever. this. First brother ever to watch hockey in the history of brotherdom. There's no... Bro, he said no, brotherdom. Never been so I mean, I can't even stand you don't, to You don't watch at, hockey? No. You don't, you don't no. watch hockey either. I don't watch you ever hockey. been to a hockey yes, game? Yes, I've been to a few hockey games. I just don't you remember don't enjoy, I was you don't en- I was drinking during the hockey game, and I just don't remember. Yeah, hockey, hockey Live is the best. Oh, the best. Oh, yeah. The best. The what fights. They- yeah, I don't mind. Like, when they start brawling a little bit, and I'll tell you what. I, I can tell you this. That is... Hockey does not get enough credit for the athleticism. Oh, yeah. no way. I was not. just about to yeah. say. Yeah. That is the, that's the one thing. When yeah. I got up close, I was like, okay, look, these guys are jumping over people, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, yeah. on skates. and that, mm-hmm. that's, On skates? Yeah. yeah. On ice. On ice, on yeah. ice. That was... I mean, it's Dude, it's crazy. Person. I played up in Canada, and so obviously, just the culture up there is. Where I was in Edmonton, and and we would even go to the EHL, which is like the you know the lower league. And man, I'm watching these guys. I'm like, dude, these dudes are freaks. And granted, they fight a lot more, yeah. right? Because they gotta they gotta <laughs> fill the arena. Yeah. But I mean, it was crazy. I mean, how good these guys are, and you know, obviously Russian guys, Eastern European guys, Canadian guys, but. I mean, that was what made me, because I was from California, hockey was not a part of the culture. And so, mm. you know, getting up there was my first exposure to it. And I've loved it ever since. It's been mm. a sport that like, any chance that I get to go watch, I do. So are you, uh, wait a minute, so you, you watch, you, well, you cut your teeth in, in Pittsburgh. So are you yeah. uh, a Steelers fan by trade? Or, I mean, what, what is the deal, man? Uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot. I'm gonna put you on the spot because you've never really given me that. I mean, I'm not. Are we still gonna be friends if I answer the question? <laughs> it depends on how you answer the question. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's the honest to God truth. Growing up, I was a Dolphins and Cowboys fan until I put the Dolphins aside, and I was a Cowboys fan. Mm. And and my aunt. God rest her soul, Aunt Margaret. She lived in Washington, and we we would battle every Thanksgiving day. It was the, it was the best. And so we got to Pittsburgh, and when when they got to the, I think it was was it ninety five when it was Steelers and Cowboys. In the yeah, Super Bowl? yeah, yeah. We spanked that. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes, right. you did. Yes. And me and me and my my buddy Ty Miller, uh, he was a sports director at, at the radio network. We wore our Cowboys jerseys to the black and gold party. Mm-hmm. Bold. That ain't bold. Good. Yeah. Bold. That's a bold move there, Cotton. I think there were there were people there at that party that won't like will not speak to us to this. Right. Day. <laughs> but after that, and after a while, and getting to know some of the guys, especially some of the old timers like Franco and and, and and the rest of those guys, and uh, Mel Blunt, and yeah. I could go on and on. It gets in you, man. And living there, 
So yeah, I'm I'm Steelers. Yeah, that's, I'm, I, that's, I'm that's Steelers respectable. Now. Yeah, I, I can respect. Yeah, that. Okay, so from your perspective, and now kind of being at the pinnacle of of sports broadcasting, you get to experience a lot of different people, a lot of different cities, and see mm-hmm. who would you say? And obviously, maybe you're a little biased because of Pittsburgh, but who would you say the strongest football fan base is in the country? Wow, that's that's tough. Um, I mean, at the at the game. I, yeah, I would say locally, right? See, Cowboys Nation is probably the biggest. I would say yeah. just you know reach wise, but really like the most authentic, loyal fans. Like I played in Chicago, and I would argue Bears fans locally just love the team no matter what. They love the Bears. Um, yeah. But I mean, I'd, I'd say that about Steelers fans. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the loudest thing, the loudest experience I ever had was going to a Seahawks game. Yeah. Uh, yep. I agree. That was re- that was ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I would agree. Green Bay, another Green Bay is it? Yeah, Green Green Packer fans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I mean, Seattle's loud. I think part of that is is the stadium design, right? I think that's yes, part sure. of it. And they are loud. Yeah. I would, you know, the argument there in Seattle, I would, I would think is just Seattle's just not a football culture. You know, they've got decent high school football there, but I wouldn't say like Pittsburgh, where like people live and die with football. <laughs> And Green yeah, Bay, and, yeah, yeah, Friday and Saturday with Pitt, and yeah, mm. yeah. You, you guys are sleeping on one team, Bills Mafia Kansas City. Bills, Bills, Bills Mafia, Mafia. <laughs> please. <laughs> How many Sorry. tables have been broken in the in the pregame of Bills Mafia? <laughs> that's just that's just comedy, right? There. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. I'm not a Bills fan, by the way, but their fan base is pretty awesome. Okay, so you, at Sports Center, you've seen a lot of guys come through, um, mm-hmm. and you've seen a lot of people stay. You know the the Teddy Bruskies, Darren, obviously with his tenure there. But as you see these, and, and I'm going to speak specifically to athletes because okay. a lot of athletes, you know, finish playing at the professional ranks and think, okay, that's that's what I want to do is I want to get into broadcasting. It's it's a lot of guys think that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, hence the NFL putting on broadcast boot camp and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it about the guys that actually last? What are the characteristics that you see from these players that transition from professional athletes to broadcasting that makes them successful? The ones who treat it as as if they're still um, on the field, that same mentality. Mm-hmm. It's 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 work. I mean. Charles Charles Barkley was absolutely correct. He said, "I'm not working at ESPN because they work you too damn hard." <laughs> <It's> so true. <laughs> so true. At, Darren Darren will tell you be on the radio. You be on Sports Center. Hey Darren, can you go over to radio and do yes. a hit? Uh-huh. And can you come back and do a hit on on news? And can you be on OTL because we're talking about stuff about the game? It's yeah. it's constant. Yeah. So you just you treat it like reps and you treat it like work. And you and the ones who last are the ones who really really want to get better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's not like an innate characteristic or trait communication skill that these guys have that that help no, them i don't think so honestly i think it's hard work okay yeah. it's, it's it's hard work and desire it may sound cliche but that's mm. that's really what it is yeah yeah because yeah, when i came in i was working with mark schlereth uh mm. on a day to, and, and you talk about someone that uh really mentored me through the process and in you, you go through the nfl i played in the nfl for 13 years and you have people that are professionals and they help you, the Daryl Johnsons of the world, that, that help you on a day-to-day basis. Mark Schlereth was that for me. Trey Wingo, who I was with every single day on NFL Live, mm-hmm. the same way, you seeing you every day, Jay. Like, people that care about you, they'll be critical. Like, mm-hmm. like, like your brother's critical. Like, mm-hmm. dude, you sucked. You <laughs> yeah. take the marbles out of your mouth, and you go back to doing whatever, you know. And we'll have those conversations in the green room all the time. So, I mean, those are the guys that really cut. I mean, now I'm looking at, you know, Teddy Bruski is one of, he's spectacular on TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, he's he awesome. Uh, Lou Riddick is, yes, in my opinion, is. man, I yeah. don't know if I've ever seen Phenomenal. anyone like, like Lou Riddick on TV as far as a, 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 a former player yep. who can give it to you all as a player, as a GM, all the way across yep. the board. But there's so many talented people that walk in that building every day. There is something about certain people, though. Jay, I think there's a gift. I, I really do. I, I think there's a gift. Uh, Riddick has the gift. I think the anchors who don't get enough credit for what they do. Yeah. Because as a player, you. when I came in, it was one thing to be interviewed and mm-hmm. you posing the questions 
to me and I can just, okay, I'll rattle off an answer or whatnot. But when you flip it and I flipped it now being on a podcast and have to ask you the questions, that shit is hard. (laughs) (laughs) Shit is hard, man. I mean, this ain't, that ain't easy. And thank God I have these two because I'm like, wait a minute. Jay, you're sitting there thinking, finally, finally he understands. Yes. (laughs) This dude just strolling, talking about football. We're over here doing all the hard work. This arrogant son of a... That's hilarious. Okay, so I'd like to hear your, because when Darren said it's a gift, it almost sounded like you were going to say something. Do you disagree with that? Do you? No, no. I mean, there. it's just like there are gifted athletes and you're okay. It is a gift. Some of it is is like natural inclination. Mm -hmm. There is that. I'm not going to discount that. Um, But I think more than half of it goes back to, desire mm-hmm. and hard work and having that same mentality that, that they had on the field and wanting to be mm-hmm. the damn best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, be watching somebody else go, yeah, hey, they're good, but yeah, I'm about to give them some of the information that they never thought of. Yeah. And saying it in a way that's going to make it memorable. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you said that because, you know, Darren forgets that not everybody's a walking hall of famer. Um, it, it doesn't just come easy to everybody. So I love that perspective because you can translate that to anything, whatever it is that, that you're trying to accomplish. I think at least me personally, sometimes I think, well, that person just has a special gift or that person just has a, an advantage that I don't. And so it's cool to hear other people that are like-minded and think, no, it's yes. Some people are blessed with a gift, but there's a lot that you can make up with if you just aren't afraid to work. Yeah, Jay, I think you're the perfect example. I mean, you were you were doing radio. Did you say and- he has no talent? Wow. Is that what you did say? <laughs> you wow. did say that. Man, I'm just you getting, just I'm just getting to know Jay. Man, and you're, a hell and you're a driving catch. a wedge Hold right on. in the middle no, of us. Jay, hey, Jay, this is- we're gonna, hey, just pause. We're going to work through this real quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you talk to guests, Tyler. <laughs> We apologize my, for him. My my compliment, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and continue on that, Jay, is my compliment is that you you strove to even reach higher than ESPN, right? The Good Morning America, you mentioned that, that like that was your goal was to progress from a news anchor to, to GMA to, to the, the, the Today Show. Um, and so, but you worked and I mean, you are at the pinnacle of sports broadcasting. There's, there's no other position that could be higher in sports broadcasting that you're doing. So with that being said, as you, you obviously have a passion to be the best at it. As you sit now, who is that person that you look to that you're like, okay, that's someone that I can learn something from, or that's someone that I'm studying to, to be better. I mean, is it the Al Rokers? Is it, who is you know, who, who are those people that you look to like, oh, I could learn something from them? Honestly, the, uh, with this pandemic, we've kind of consolidated a lot of shows. And so and, and our teams are staying together every Sunday and Monday when I anchor with Hannah Storm. Mm. I'm, I'm watching a clinic. Mm. She is absolutely phenomenal. And I'm not saying that because I work with her. Mm-hmm. She's just really, really good at what she does. Mm. And I, I watch the 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 work that she puts into her, her writing and her interviewing and her quick pre-interviews off air before she gets started and the things that she remembers and, and throws in and weaves in. I mean, she's really, really good. Mm. And it it kind of reminds me of the, uh, the the one show I got to do with Stuart Scott. And it, it was the same way. I mean, everybody's all booyah and cooler on the other side of the pillow <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But that dude worked, man. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he, would, he would work a researcher getting numbers and getting stats and weaving them into his highlights to tell a really complete story. And his, his writing, uh, the questions, he, he poured over every minute detail. And it's just the things that I try and do, mm. but it's, 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 they have this extra gear yeah. that I'm not ashamed to admit. And it, it is just a joy to watch. So, uh, I'd say Hannah and Stewart are, are a couple that come to the top of mind and, and my first show when I get to, to work with Bob Lee, cause I, I used to, Oh Bob man, do oh, a legend. all the time. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, can I tell you a quick story? Yeah. Yeah. I remember one Sunday morning when I first got the, the sports center thing, Sunday mornings, Saturday and Sunday with, it was Chris McKendry and, and on Saturday and Chris McKendry and Bob Lee on Sunday. 
So I got to do, I think it was a 9 o'clock show on Sunday morning with Bob Lee because he did OTL at 9.30. And I'm sitting there, and we're in the newsroom writing writing the show, and I would peep around the computer, and I go, that's Bob Lee. Bob Lee is he's sitting, he's sitting right there. I, I, have, I have VHS tapes at home with Bob Lee outside the live shows with Bob Lee. So I'm writing, and we go over to the set and put on a, a microphones and an earpiece and 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 get ready and log into computer and I'm logging in and I kind of cut cut my eyes over like because that's that's Bob freaking <laughs> Lee. I mean he's like he, he he's the journalist's yes. journalist. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I think I remember like reaching over and like touching him. He's like, "What are you doing?" I said, like, "You're Bob Lee." <laughs> <laughs> There's something you need to calm down. This is getting really weird here, Jay. So I guess he he, he can see that I'm a little, a little nervous. So maybe 15 seconds before the show comes on, he get he's fist up, it's like fist bump, and the four words that changed my day and my life forever. Bob says, "Don't fuck it up." <laughs> Laughing and it was a great show, and he oh. loosened me up with he loosened me up with those oh. four words. So it was those. I work with some incredible people. Yeah. Man. Ha, have you guys oh, talked about that moment? You and Bob, have you, have you revisited? Bob that is retired now, right? Yeah, Bob's Bob retired. Now. Yeah. I, I think so. That's a great question. I don't know. I want to say yes, but I. I don't know. Because Darren and I talk about this. Sometimes you say something that you don't even think twice about. But the person you're saying it to, it ends up just resonating with them and that sticks to them. And so that's funny that who knows what he thinks about that, that moment. It may not be that big of a deal, but to you, like you said, it literally changed your life. I, I think it was some sort of veteran ritual because the first time I did the 11 o'clock show with Steve Levy, he said the same thing. To me. I, said, I, told, I, said, I already know. Do you guys talk about this in the back before you come on with the rookies? Have Have you pulled that out to a younger guy yet? Yes. Or girl? Oh, God, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh, hey, that's great. I gotta ask you about about this man, Stephen A. Smith. Mm. Tell us Tell us about Stephen A. You're hooked up to a lie detector test right now. <laughs> okay. All right. Now this, this, okay. This will go back to, to Darren's point about that whole, the, the innate skill and the, the, the God given talent. I remember listening to Stephen A when we would drive from Pittsburgh to Virginia beach to, to visit family. And we would get the, um, the Philadelphia stations like on AM and I would try to find it because I heard him once and I liked it and I would find him. And the way he is now, is the same way he was on the radio mm. in the nineties. And when he worked in the Enquirer and was a columnist mm. and, and, and did news, he was, he was opinionated. He was smart. Mm-hmm. He was courageous, not afraid to let you know exactly what he thought. He had that it, whatever that it is mm-hmm. from the beginning, but he's also someone that works his ass off. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. you know, cultivating contacts, talking to people, flying here, flying there. And, it's 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 that combination of skill and just working your ass off. Yeah, that's 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 Stephen A. You know what? And that's my time of being with Stephen A. And I I, I defend Stephen A. every single day because I always have people taking shots at him. Yeah, all every day. Well, well yeah, if you don't know educated yeah. people. That's exactly. why it's cool to hear this side of it. And, right. I, and what I say to him all the time is, there's nobody that works harder in show business than that man right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he is on every show. He's prepared. He will. Yeah. He does not care what you think. He's going to tell you exactly how he feels. And he's the same guy when they when the camera cuts and you go in the green room, he's still Stephen A. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the same dude. It doesn't, it doesn't change. Yeah. And I think that's what really makes people special on, on TV is when you're the same person in the green room that you are on, on front of the set, that's when you become special. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's why I've always admired you, Jay, because it's always been the same guy. And when we're walking down the hall – and how you treat people is the same way you you come off on the air, man. So I've always appreciated your game. I do want to ask you something. Okay. There are so many people, so many young kids that are out there today. Uh, I have a couple of kids that I know that are that grow up and that are growing up right now, and, and they, all they want to think about is how do I become the next Jay Harris? How do I get to that level? And I've seen so many 
who have actually made it to, to Sports Center, and then you hear the journeys of the Trey Wingos, and he's in a little small town in, you know, <laughs> you know, in yeah. Iowa or something, yeah. doing yeah. news. Talk, tell us, can you talk to some of the kids right now? We have listeners right now that are young kids that are listening. Tell them about what they may have to go through to get to, to, to the dream job of being a sports analyst. You may have to go through everything. Uh, uh, there, I mean, heck, I, my first job in radio, I, got work, I was working for free. I worked for free for three months just for the opportunity, mm. just, just to get a start. Um, during going to Pittsburgh and doing radio full-time five days a week and getting that part-time gig overnights to get a little television experience. So I work seven days a week at times. So you, you, you go where there's work and you kick ass once you get there. Mm-hmm. And, and I have mentees that folks that I would tell that if they, people want to go into sports, I said, that's great, but you don't want to sleep on news because you get more reps you get more live experience, and you could always tell your news director, hey, if you need some help covering high school football on a Friday night, I'd love to do that too. Mm-hmm. So you can keep your toe in just in case. Um, and I also, I would tell them, don't try to be the next so-and-so. Be the first you. Mm-hmm. That's great. Because the, yeah. the quicker you are comfortable in being yourself and doing what Darren said and projecting who you are off camera in your everyday life and being that person on television, not trying to turn it on and go, hey, welcome to Sports Center. I'm <laughs> such and such anchor guy. No, you don't want to do that. You want to be you. Stuart told me that one. You want to do you. Mm. So the quicker you can learn who you are and get comfortable with yourself, the faster you can grow. So that's that's what I would tell them. Would you also talk about, I, I think one of the things that I've always told young kids is that the journalism side of it. Yeah, you want to be in oh, front yeah. of TV, but to write your own material is something yeah. is something that's totally different. Because a lot of them want to jump over that part of uh, their English class because it's hard and, and learning how mm-hmm. to write because it's hard. Yeah. But they just want to be on TV. I mean, talk to us. I know we talked, you know, specifically about journalism, but writing, reading, and just writing for some of these young kids could take them so far. I mean, you could jump over that at your apparel if you want to. Mm. Uh, you're not going to get very far. I, I said it before. If you can't. If you can't go out and gather some information and turn it into a story and deliver it effectively, intelligently, sometime with humor, whatever the whatever emotion the story is called for, then I, you I don't need you, and I don't think anyone else does either. You you have to take the time to learn how to write. You have to make mistakes. You have to mess up. Don't try to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. I've been in this business total for maybe 30 something years now i stopped trying to be perfect a while ago because if it happens if it's a mess up it happens because i'm human and shit happens right i just it just doesn't bother me anymore what what keeps you going now what what's the i got bills i got (laughs) (laughs) that's hey that's the best answer we've ever had that is real (laughs) all right so hold on yeah Is that it? Damn kids eat me out of house and home. Hey, Bryce is bigger than you now, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. He eats bigger than me. Too. Yes, he does. Oh, yes, he, um, I, I love it. It's fun. Mm, I mean, yeah. my, my dad, God rest his soul, too, said he, he used to watch and said, son, you know what? I watch you on television. It's almost like you don't even have a job. Because you're up there, you're having fun, you're laughing, you you know what you're talking about, you're talking with your people up there, and it's an enjoyable watch. It's like you're just having fun. And a lot of people, they go to work, and they don't want to be there, they hate the job, trying to find the next thing. Mm. You're in a good place, son. So, I mean, I really enjoy it. Love that. I I can't complain. I have no complaints. Jay, you mentioned you've been in the business 30-plus years. You've seen uh, how translating news or uh, getting the news out has changed, right? Mm-hmm. And ESPN, you guys went through a, a big transition a few years ago, and there was a, there was a huge layoff. First, I, can you talk through what that was like being at ESPN um, and some of the mainstays now didn't have a job? And I know that was a really tough time, but then also now how news is changing and how media 
um, the delivery of the media is changing and how ESPN is staying up and ahead of that? Great question. The, the, the layoffs were horrible. I mean, we had, we had three phases uh, of layoffs, and the last one was the on-air talent, and it was just I'll, – I'll walk through today. And, and Darren, I'm sure, no, noticed it um, before he left. Yeah. The places that were full – with people at the cubicles in the offices or in the hall talking and blah, 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 empty now, mm-hmm. just, just quiet. I can be literally on a weekend on the second floor all by myself, mm-hmm. have the floor all to myself where there'd be a bunch of people that are talking or, or hanging out. So, I mean, that, that sucks to this day. I mean, I get it. It's part of this. It's a business at the end of the day, it's yeah. a business, but that part of the business is horrible. Yeah. Um, now, as far as adapting to different trends, yeah, we try. Uh, socially, we're on Twitter and Instagram and and Snapchat, and I think there may be a TikTok thing. And trying to trying to you know, I think dads to- call it TikTok. <laughs> I think that's what dads are officially supposed to call it. Yeah. Yeah. On that tacky tack again. Yeah, yeah tacky tack. Uh, you know, we we try to meet people where they are and cater to our audience where our audience is and and find people who can translate that and, and do that in fun ways. Um, so, you know, we, we try to adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, at, it, we're kind of a behemoth. So mm-hmm. I think we've gone a little slower than some other folks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're owned by Disney. So it's the whole corporate thing. So we have to, everything's got to go up the flagpole and come back down. You know, it just, right. it's, it's, it's a business again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we try and it's great but I always tell people, and I'm a broken record on this, it goes back to the basics and the foundation. Even the people who deliver a sports center on Snapchat, they got to write that shit. They got to deliver that shit. Yeah. And it's the same skill set that you have to hone and perfect. Mm-hmm. Well said. That's awesome. So over the years, you've... Uh, gotten to interview and be in front of a lot of a lot of different people. Is there any single interview that you go back and think of, whether it was an athlete or it was a personality that sticks out to you? Either you were probably most nervous for, or you walked out of that interview like, "Wow, that that was special." Is there any of those that stick out in your mind over the years? Besides me, Jeff. Besides Darren Besides Woodson, Darren, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all the segments yeah. to do with Darren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. There are probably none other than <laughs> with Darren. To be honest with you. Um, I, I, got to, I got to talk to, I got to talk to, when I did the 6 o'clock show, I got to do, talk to LeBron James. Mm. I think it was after he won his second MVP. And it was at the end of his contract, and he hadn't decided where he was going to go. So we pre-taped the interview for time's sake, because the six is really edited for, it's really smashed together for time. And I asked him a couple of questions and, and, and tried to ask him where he was going and he wouldn't tell me. And, and we talked about, uh, his commercial that his sport, this is sports center commercial that he did with Scott Van Pelt, where Scott took his chair and he's like, yeah, and tell Scott, I'm coming back for my chair. <laughs> and, and it was just, it was just one of those real good, conversations and turns out that the folks in the control room thought so too because it was eight minutes long wow and they didn't cut a thing out we did the first four minutes the commercial break and ran the second four minutes we we ran a whole thing it was it was that good of a conversation wow so that one sticks out and one more recently that i did with triple g the boxer Mm -hmm. it was before fight he had a madison square garden i I forget the guy's name he wasn't fighting canelo he, no, it was it was the tune up before. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, uh, at at Madison Square Garden, yeah. and so he was a little late for the interview, and I sh- that was a telltale sign right there. I should have known that this was not going to go well. <laughs> 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 so I, we, I comes on and I ask him the question about his fight. What do you know about the the guy you're fighting? His name is Steve. I can't remember his last name. And he said, "I know his name is Steve, and I know he's a boxer." That's it? Yes. Come on. And he stopped talking. And I was like, uh. That was as open-ended of a question as I could ask. (laughs) And he was like, uh, okay. And I think I asked him something else and and tuning up for Canelo. 
yes, I would like to fight Canelo. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this time, I'm right here with Hannah. By this time, she is dying. <laughs> she is like, she is laughing hysterically. I can see her. It's like, what the hell? Why are you laughing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's funny. That's why. So it's obvious that he don't want to play. He's not really trying to talk. Because he was late for a reason. So I'm like, okay, you kind of don't want to do this. So uh, I'm going to let you go. Um, all the best to you Saturday night. And you go do your thing. And bye. Oh. <laughs> and my phone buzzes. And Charles Barkley texts me. And he said, that interview was horrible. <laughs> that was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> and, he said, and it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's one thing I feel like sports anchors and broadcasters don't get enough credit for. Athletes are hard, hard. to interview they are. Yes. because yeah. they're they're ingrained and trained Just to only those. give the information that they have to give, right? right? They, and very few no. guys want to elaborate on stuff that's, because well, they're going to get in trouble. That's true. You're right. But then, I mean, I juxtapose that with the, the LeBron thing I just yeah. talked to you about. Yeah, true. And it was, it was, it was, but who's going to get, who's going to get him in trouble though? Who's going to come down? Yeah, on who's LeBron? coming down on LeBron? <laughs> exactly. That's so true, man. Yeah. yeah. Who's going to come down on Triple G? That's true. true. Yeah. yeah. True. He just didn't want to be there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I saw you do an interview with a kid, I guess, was it a couple of days ago? And he had an Rubik's Cube. I don't know. It was a wide receiver. Antonio Gandy Golden out of Liberty got drafted by Washington. That okay. was impressive. A yes. minute and 12 Ooh. seconds. He did a, a yes. goal, a, a Rubik's Cube. During it, Jay's asking him the questions. What? Yes. And he's, yeah. Sorry, he's Jay, doing the interview. Rubik's Cube. Yeah, thank you. Maybe you should tune in and watch SportsCenter and Jay Harris. A little research yeah. before we get someone yeah. on the show, Ben. Yeah, I don't have a TV. <laughs> but that he's was a, impressive. He's a, he's a, it's on my Instagram page if you want to go look at it now. Yeah. Uh, okay. he, he's, he's amazing. I mean, the, the skills and the, the, he started as a, a, his mom put him in gymnastics when he mm. was younger. He's learning to play guitar. Uh, he's just smart. He, I mean, he's great on the field. 3,000 yard seasons at Liberty. Liberty, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and Washington got him in the fourth round. Wow, they still I mean, him. that he's going to be good. Yeah. He's yeah. going to be good. That's Who, awesome. Who's the biggest? Uh, who's the biggest party animal up there? I, I, I hope you say. I, I really hope you say Adam Schefter's out there doing keg stands and stuff. <laughs> oh no, my! <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I don't get to go out on a road with a lot of folks. Um, party animal. Mike Mike Golick Jr. likes to get. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, for Junior, sure. Yeah. He's wild now. <laughs> Yeah, maybe a better question is who who would you go you know like to go to the bar with or or you know just sit around the fire or whatever just hang out with who's who's the most fun? That's 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 tough, um, because they're they're everyone. I mean, I can hang out with Hannah. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about kids. Uh, I get I can hang out with Michael Eaves and just watch him drink. I could <laughs> I can hang out with. Him. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we used to play cards when Jamel and 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 Michael were. Oh here. yeah, just, man. Oh, those parties at Michael's house? Yes. Man. You know, I've never been for, uh -oh. good, for a good reason. I've never what? been to those parties, bro. I heard it was a lot like the yeah, White House yeah. back in the no, day. No, Come on, man. Come on. You know what? Eves, Eves can cook, too. Really? Yes. Throw yeah. down, huh? Burn. Yes. Oh, yeah. So you're sitting there having a dinner party, and all of a sudden it gets a little wild and crazy. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's fun. Hey, it's Jay, fun, you, you've been in this industry for over 30 years, and... You know, for a, a, a black man uh, to to be an anchor for this amount of time, I mean, we don't see a lot of dark skin um, news anchors uh, across the country, and there's so many kids that 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 are that are inner city kids that you know probably pass up on the dream, knowing because of they know that they know they they, they just the obstacles are there. I know you've been affiliated and gone back. And has spoken to you know kids of color about mm -hmm. these opportunities. Tell us a little bit about those conversations. I enjoy having those conversations, and immediately up front, I say I don't I don't really care what your your covering is on on your body because I have the same covering. Um, you just do the damn work, mm -hmm. and you're going to meet ops. There, there's there's still there are dumb people out there to this day. There's there's bias, there's prejudice. It is what it is, mm -hmm. 
you learn to navigate it. You learn that you have people that will back you up if you need it. Um, you, you, you establish your, your networking group. Uh, you join organizations like the National Association of Black Journalists. You meet people, but you meet people of, of, of all races and colors. And, and you impress them with your skill set and impress them with your ability to be a good teammate. Mm -hmm. um, and you just, all the nonsense stuff, this, there are some things you just can't, like I knew when I was in Pittsburgh and I would see a job that I thought maybe applying for in some markets, if the female co-anchor was black, I was not getting that job mm. because in a lot of news directors minds, I already got my one. Right. I don't need another one. Right. And uh, there's still some of that. It's 2020. There's still some of that in some markets. But, you know, you just don't go there because mm -hmm. you, you can't. It's been this long and chances are you're not going to change it. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and you go where you can go. You get in where you can fit in and you kill it. You just kill it when you get there. Right. So that's what I tell them. Don't worry about all that nonsense. Just don't worry about it. Mm. You just go kill it. That's great, man. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Well, so we, we end the show and we, we want to thank you for your time and, and all the, all the uh, transparency that you've given us. It's been a really fun show. Yeah. Um, we end it with a question and Ben's going to pose this to you because this is his, uh, he coined this and he delivers it best. This so, is a big banger. This yeah. is how we'd like to end it all. <laughs> okay. uh, you can go back to any point in your life and tell yourself one thing. Where do you go? And what do you tell yourself? <clears throat> wow. I might go back to high school and say, just ask her for the number. Mm. <laughs> My man. <laughs> yes. Uh, don't, be, don't be such a chicken. Just ask for the number. That's awesome. Um, that's a good one. I might no. Um, yeah, use it on Sports Center. Give me a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I you no. Know, I would. I'd probably. I'd still go back to my younger self. I'd just say be bold. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I was. I was a shy kid. I mean, I, I yeah. I like to laugh, and I was a the semi borderline class clown. But I was kind of shy. Get out of that mess a little quicker, mm. and and go see the world, and and don't don't discount yourself. Even though you you grew up in the country and and you wore corduroys all the time, you get a big I got to college. One of my friends is like, "You don't, you don't, we don't work." No, yeah. <laughs> you had a corduroys, a tight corduroys. I can hear you coming twenty yards away. <laughs> Burn those, Jay. Burn them now. You shopping? No, you had them old Jackson Five corduroys, all the tight ones with the bell bottoms on. <laughs> <laughs> with a blowout. Come on, Jay. Did you ever have a blowout? You ever have a, a pro? It's great. I got the yearbook picture to prove it. It was like out to here. Was it? Oh, that's all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could have been Jermaine. Uh, Jermaine. <laughs> hey, other than sports center, where can we find you? Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Where, where, yes. where can people find uh, Jay you? Harris, Jay Harris, ESPN on Twitter on uh, and on Instagram. And I think those are really the only places. I had a Snapchat, but I don't do much on it. Mm. And, and my daughter says, no TikTok for you. Just <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, Jay, man, it was great to have you, man. Yeah. Tell Steph, man, kiss Steph for me, man. It's been a long time, man. It's, man. I would do that. Yeah. And, do that. and tell the family I said. I, know, I, heard, I hear Bryce is, is uh, playing a little bit. I know he's been in the music forever. Bryce is like, Bryce can tell you anything about music, fellas. Yeah. Anything. So yeah, is he playing an instrument? Uh, he's still doing drums. The drums, okay. Uh, but but lately he's he's been into Mr. Producer mode, making beats ah. and, and that kind of a thing. You and DJ so, need to connect. Yeah, I need to get my son together with him. That's what he's been doing for oh, a while. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yes. he needs to come up with a theme song for the Darren Woodson show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all right. I'm down. I'm sure they would love to do that. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. I love right. it. Book it. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, Jay, thank you so much. Appreciate your time and best of luck to you and going to continue enjoying following you. And I promise I'll thank start watching guys. Sports Center again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Y'all right. stay safe, all right? All right. Thanks, Have man. a good one.